can say we do this Friday, July 21st. Good morning and welcome to the morning show with Preston Scott. I'm Preston. That's Grant. Great to be with you this morning. Our verse today comes from Matthew 22. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Hmm. Hmm. That's what I imagine. I imagine the Pharisees, their big phylacteries, and their forehead. Hmm. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Oh, Jesus. Jesus just like, oh, really? You want to throw that sissy jab my way? Pow! Counterpunch. Pow! Counterpunch. Come on, bring that sissy jab my way. Watch what happens to you. With that phylactery on the other side of your melon. That's what'll happen to you. You got any more for me, big guy? Huh? Got any more? You want to question the Son of God a little more, do you? There you go. That's our verse today. Our God's tune of the day. Come back with this date in history. Set up the radio program, which means what? It's Friday. Content's a little different, but sort of kind of not. That's just the world we're in. But we got a ton of it. And of course, your calls in the final hour during What's the Beef? It's the morning show with Preston Scott. This is the morning show with Preston Scott. Yeah, it's going to be a little warm. That's why I'm going to head to the driving range early today. Gonna just do a little, just a little tweaking. It's so warm. I've even changed my parking spot out there. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm underneath the shade. Yeah, I can understand that. You'll you'll pay the price from the junk falling off the tree, but you get little droplets of. It's sort of like pa- sap, but kind of not. Yeah. But. But it's gonna be cooler in your car, no doubt. Yeah. Anyway, when yeah. I leave here. You know, in the afternoon, hot dog. Yeah, man. Well, now that, here's what you could do. You could go ahead and invest in a little uh, dashboard cooking. That's true. You know, you could try the uh, the roast on the engine block. I could bring some leftover pizza. You could do that, although I think dashboard brownies is more rewarding. You yeah, just reduce the that. water just a little bit, but you you mix that up, put it on your dashboard, and and turn up the heat. Or and you've got one of those reflecting things. I do could, have a you, sunshade. Yeah, you could put it inside of the sunshade so that Ooh, it all kind of uh, yeah it convex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Could, you could modify because back in the day when we did dashboard cooking as a feature on my afternoon show in Phoenix, you didn't have those newfangled things. You, you just it was baked. Right. But it was a dry heat. Now, I don't know what humidity will do to those recipes. Uh, this date in history, 1861, July 21st, Confederates win the first major land battle of the Civil War in Manassas. That would be in Virginia. Uh, 1925 in Dayton, the Scopes Monkey Trial, testing a law which forbade teaching evolution 
Enter the conviction of a teacher, John Scopes. 1944, World War II, U.S. troops land on Guam to retake it from the Japanese. 1969, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, blast off from the moon. Spare me the emails. We didn't go there. Just spare me the emails. Okay, just stop. 1997, restored U.S. Constitution. Old Ironside set sail from Boston under its own power for the first time in more than 100 years. They were, when I saw it, it was in dry dock, but it was still, you could still go on it. But they were, they were getting ready, they were doing more work on it, and they were getting ready to set sail again. Just, I can't, anyway. And the space shuttle program ends with the landing of Atlantis at Cape Canaveral in 2011. Seen that too. Uh, I didn't see that event. But I've seen Atlantis in the big hangar at Cape Canaveral. It is really pretty cool. I actually teared up. I really did. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm getting emotional. The way that they present it and and show you the missions of Atlantis and then this scrim pulls back and there it is. It's it's wow. It's awesome. It really is. So much so, it makes me want to go back there and do it again. But uh, perhaps another time. 15 minutes, now 16 minutes after the hour. Come back with, um, well, yeah, just come back. (laughs) 21 minutes past the hour, the morning show. friend of the radio program sent this my way. (laughs) Regulations on what you could and could not send in the mail were pretty vague when post offices began accepting parcels over four pounds, and they started doing that on January 1st, 1913. But there weren't limits. So people started testing as people will do. When you don't put a limit on anything, people push, right? Eggs, bricks, snakes, other unusual packages. So eventually someone thought, I wonder if you can mail your kid. (laughs) You'll be proud to know that in January of 1913, an Ohio couple took advantage of the new Postal Service's parcel delivery. The Beegs family paid 15 cents and an unknown amount to insure their infant son for 50 bucks, handed him over to the mailman who dropped off the boy at his grandmother's house about a mile away. True story. (laughs) Nancy Pope, head curator of the history of the National Postal Museum. Yeah, different towns getting away with different things depending on how their postmaster read the regulations. She found seven different instances of people mailing their children between 1913 and 1915, beginning with that child in Ohio. It wasn't common to mail your children. 
but it would have been cheaper to buy stamps than buy a railroad ticket. Here's another factor. Back in those days, people knew their mail carrier very well. And so they trusted their mail carrier with their children on occasion. I was going to say, yeah, high trust society. May Pierstorf, whose parents sent her to her grandparents' house 73 miles away. The postal worker who took her by railway mail was a relative. The Ohio family, the Idaho family paid 53 cents for a stamp to put um, to put on their six-year-old daughter's coat. After the postmaster general heard about it, he officially banned postal workers from accepting humans as mail. But it didn't stop right away. A year later, listen to this. A woman mailed her six-year-old daughter from her home in Florida to her father's home in Virginia. At 720 miles, it was the longest postal trip of any child. The curator of the museum is identified. It cost 15 cents to send that child 720 miles. There's no accounting for how was the child fed? Did the child sleep? Who, I mean, nothing. The child got there, though. That's incredible. I can't, I can't imagine even, even at a time, I mean, this is pre-depression. We were not in the depression. I can't imagine ever entrusting a young child to fill in the blank people. Can you? I mean, I just, I don't see it. I just, I don't see that happening. All right, one more little thing here. I don't know if you've seen the Chinese Communist Party is actually rewriting the Bible. I did see that. And one example, the, the reason is they are first, they're, they're totally changing Jesus in churches that are registered they are replacing any depiction of Jesus with depictions of Xi Jinping. And so, you know, you shall have no other gods except Xi is probably kind of the, the new first commandment. But the Chinese government said that they are updating the Bible to keep pace with the times. Hmm. Said every progressive ever. Of course adding core socialist values, removing passages that do not reflect communist beliefs. In a textbook high school students got in September 2020, they revised John 8. You know the story of John 8. That's the story of the woman that um, was going to be stoned to death, and Jesus stopped it and said, he who is without sin cast the first stone. Let me guess. They're changing it to go ahead and throw the stone? Oh, check this out. The text states, when everyone went out, Jesus stoned the woman himself <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> and said, I am also a sinner. What? I had this, this conversation with Rob last week, now, uh, earlier this week, Yeah, and, and I would say that far worse than being the dictator of a communist country 
is doing what they're doing here. Oh, absolutely. You are entering into Well, this is this is this is an unforgivable sin. This is you this are, is you're sentencing yourself to a life of weeping and gnashing of teeth from doing that. An eternity. Yeah. Just saying. 27 minutes past. Come back with the big stories in the press box. The Morning Show with Preston Scott. This was really hard today. I struggled yesterday. I, I spent much time with stacks of stories trying to figure out what was going to make it into the press box. I've settled on this. Daily Signal. By the way, Tuesday next week, we're back Tuesday off Monday. Tuesday, Fred Lucas, reporter for the Daily Signal, is going to join us. Join us live. He's being canceled. The White House is not going to honor his press credential anymore. Because he's at the Daily Signal? No, because he's not certified by the Supreme Court or Congress. Huh? Yeah. How do you get certified by the Supreme Court or Congress? That's the question. Um, Others apparently are. It's a convenient way to keep him from being there. And so, yes, because he's affiliated with the Heritage Foundation by virtue of their, their news outlet, the Daily Signal. Anyway, he wrote about the four takeaways from the whistleblower showing up a couple days ago. And, uh, you know, you've, you've got um, Shapley and Ziegler, Joseph Sha- uh, Ziegler, and uh, who, by the way, self-described himself gay Democrat. Just saying. And then uh, Gary Shapley, who was the agent in charge, both special agents, investigative criminal division of IRS. Four takeaways. Number one, this absolutely involves Joe Biden. And what I've been saying, the little tape that I've been playing, that audio of... From 2018? From 2018. Poroshenko and Karolinkov and all... (laughs) Is it not the centerpiece now of the calls for impeachment? Yeah. I've got a theory. He did that intentionally. He put it out there intentionally to to say what i got nothing to hide see i talked about it on tv that's how bold he is that's what criminals do they flaunt the law they they just they they mock it second takeaway it's 17 million dollars in total 17 million has been traced Ladies and gentlemen, how hard can this be? How much money did you make from being the vice president? Hmm. Mm-hmm. And being a U.S. senator, okay. And your expenses over that time? Mm-hmm. Investments, got you. You got a few investments. Can you account for the $17 million extra? I mean, this isn't hard, investigative work. You and I could do this. You and I could sit down with a spreadsheet and nail this down in a matter of hours. Number three, as Jim Jordan, head of the committee, uh, 
on on the House, the oversight committee said, who are you going to believe? The Biden administration or two seasoned, never questioned integrity investigators with the IRS? And number four, they used, meaning the Justice Department, a policy against election interference, because this has been investigated since 2018, if not earlier. They, oh, we can't talk about this because it could inf- interfere with the election. No, this is a criminal investigation. Screw that. But that's the excuse that's been given. A couple other quick big stories. A 18-year-old young lady in Miami went to rentahitman.com, which, by the way, is a parody site. No way. Oh, it gets worse. I'm not going to type it in because... Dude, just hold on. To have her three-year-old son killed by the end of the week. Oh, my gosh. Back in April, a National Guardsman, Air National Guardsman, was arrested for trying to apply to be a hitman on the same site not realizing it's a parody site. And lastly, um, San Francisco now, the mayor, London Breed, begging city workers, trying to put a plan together for city workers to live in empty downtown buildings to try to revive the city. That's what it's come to. And that's why you never, ever vote Democrat. The corpses are everywhere. Welcome to The Morning Show with Preston Scott. Forty-one minutes after the hour. We're getting off the rundown here because it's just it's just the way it is right now, where we are with the news and things that are out there, stories breaking at different times. What did I just say at the end of the last segment? Add it to the list of reasons why you don't ever vote Democrat. You just don't. Look at the cities that have been run by Democrats. And I'm just, this is a warning, all of you in Tallahassee, all of you listening in Tallahassee, I'm going to tell you over and over and over, until you embrace alternative candidates that think differently, you're going to keep dealing with tax increases, you're going to keep dealing with an expanded footprint of government, it's just going to happen. You're going to keep dealing with, no matter how hard the law enforcement officers work, they're not supported fully by by elected leaders. When you have Democrats running a community in lock, I mean, they they, they have been running this community forever. You are on a one-way trip to San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, Chicago. New York, disasters all. Baltimore, Boston, disasters. But people are getting fed up. We shared, was it this week, last week, State Representative uh, Misha Maynard in Georgia said, I'm done. Switched parties. Black young lady. By the way, getting throttled by Democrats. All right, now we're going to go to a guy who sat in the New York State House for more than almost 40 years. 
on Twitter with his wife last night. Dov Hakind, his wife, Shani. Just listen. I have been a lifelong Democrat. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Typical here of uh, the website that I'm drawing this from. All right, that was, uh, that was ironically, that was uh, Misha Maynard. Here we go. A lifelong Democrat. My family, my parents, but that's over. That's finished. I have decided to register as a Republican. Unfortunately, the Democratic Party has become so radicalized, so radical, run by the radicals, that people who are moderates or conservative Democrats are not welcomed in the Democratic Party, Shani. And I've had enough. The Democratic Party turns its back on its friends like Israel, the Biden administration, right now, in policy after policy. I'm just tired. I've had enough. It took a long, long time, but I am delighted to join the Republican Party, Shani. As I am. I am totally convinced that this is the right move for you, for me, for, for my friends, all of us who feel that the Democratic Party no longer represents our interests, what we stand for, and our, our, values, values. our values. See, we said it at the same time. There we go. Add it up. I've been saying it for years. I, it started with the walkaway campaign. The story of Brandon Straka. And and it's cemented because of the reaction you get from illiberals when you say, I'm done. You are you are an outcast. You're a leper in your party. The morning show with Preston Scott. Fifty-one minutes after. What's the beat Friday in the third hour? Your calls, complaints, quibbles, whatever it may be. Put it in the form of complaint. Call us next hour at the end of the hour, about an hour from now, and we'll put you on the air. Give you a chance to get it off your chest. I think every... Don't you find that about every community believes they have the worst drivers? Yeah, that's why I don't believe anyone that says, like, oh, you may think you've got it bad, but golly, you've never seen Nashville drivers, or you've never seen Charlotte drivers. I'm like, okay, everyone's drivers stink. That's yeah, it. Yeah. They're just a lot of bad drivers. Yeah, it's crazy out there. Consumer Affairs has ranked the top, or should we say bottom, 25 cities for worst drivers in America. Coming in at number five. St. Louis, Missouri. Mm. And uh, there now this is this is based on fatalities from speeding and drunk driving primarily. So we're I mean, we're not we're not just talking about some non-measurable right you know subjective view right stats hard stats numbers here you can't really uh measure being cut off in traffic if you will 
Yeah, and and that's the thing. I mean, good grief, the the aggressive drivers that are out there is just insane. Number four, Macon, Georgia. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. Number four. How about that? The rate of fatal crashes caused by bad driving about double the national average. Hmm. Rate of pedestrian fatalities four times the national average. Albuquerque Hmm. is number three. Now, what's interesting about Albuquerque is victims of hit and runs, folks involved in six vehicle collisions. I mean, it's it's crazy. Fatal crashes caused by bad driving, 81. Total pedestrian fatalities, 49. Fatal accidents linked to speeding, 34.6%. That's incredible. Yeah. Number, number two, Baton Rouge. Yeah, a lot of these cities I wouldn't have thought. I would have just picked the biggest metro areas. Yeah, yeah. How about that? Number one, Memphis. Uh, I can believe that. Yeah, but here's here's the first of all, Memphis may be the worst maintained roads anywhere. It's pretty bad. It <laughs> is. <laughs> oh yeah, you feel like you're 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 on a jackhammer. Yeah. <laughs> just just make make plans if you drive through Memphis to to make an appointment and have your car aligned. And let that's not even mentioning the routes of how the highways are constructed anyway. There's no easy way. Like I w- when I went through Memphis, I always went from east to west. I was trying to get from Mississippi to Arkansas, but I had to go through Memphis. Yeah. Um because I had to get on I I forty I think it was, and there was no easy way. Like you, you had to go through the industrial park of South Memphis, and then you had to get on this weird highway kind of around the south side of Memphis, which and is the, the home of FedEx, by the way. Memphis, right? Is. And so you're in a massive industrial park, um, and it was just horrible. And and then the only bright spot was driving by the Bass Pro Shop Pyramid. <laughs> just stopping in for... Yeah. Angels singing. <laughs> but here's the interesting thing of the top 25. Four cities in Tennessee made the list. How about that? Memphis at number one, Knoxville at number 12, Clarksville at 17, Chattanooga at 19. Good old Rocky Top. Four cities in the top 25 in Tennessee. That's crazy. Wow. It really is. All right, when we come back, I said I'm, I was going to take calls, but there's just too much news. I can't do it. Do you trust the food that you're served at a restaurant? Some stories next on The Morning Show with Preston Scott. Five minutes after the hour, it's second hour of the morning show with Preston Scott. Good morning. Now I'm 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 willing 
to take this a couple of segments. Um, not so much to take calls, but but if the conversation warrants it. Let me tell you where this all started. By the way, I'm Preston. That's Grant Allen over there. Show 4,972. It is Friday, July 21st. We're off on Monday. Here's, here's where this started. My sweet wife sent me this story. Burger King employee allegedly served customer fries from the trash. <laughs> oh, gosh. And and the manager of a particular Burger King allegedly, I mean, listed as an employee, but she's an assistant manager, was arrested and charged with malicious tampering with human food. Now, here's the problem. If you go inside the story, police officers responded to to the restaurant after receiving a call about a disturbance on July 9th. They arrived. They found two women arguing with staff, making threats, screaming profanities. One of the officers asked the women to calm down. They continued to be loud and boisterous. Officer then arrested a woman on disorderly conduct charges. Two days later, Police received another complaint that fries were allegedly being dumped into a trash can, then served to customers. Okay, first, doesn't that sound like a revenge complaint? Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, why would you serve? I mean, French fries are falling out of the freezer at fast food stores they're everywhere there's just there's no reason to do it it just it's pointless so unless they have videotape of them of this employee scooping fries out of the trash can i'm sorry i'm not buying it i'm just not but it raised a question because in the link to the story my sweet wife who will not eat at a buffet line at a buffet restaurant Mm. I understand that. Because she said she once saw someone lick the spoon and put it back in some mashed potatoes. Now, I'll be honest with you. That doesn't affect me one bit at a a line, and here's why. Because if I saw that, I would stand by the, the mashed potatoes, I would get the server, and I would say... That person over there did this. Would you please remove this and replace it? And I'd rock on. And hopefully they would address that in, that customer. But it brought the the thought because there are people that have to do mental gymnastics to eat out. I'll give you another one. Another fear that some people have that may or may not be my wife is that the leftover salsa at a restaurant might be dumped with everybody else's leftover salsa and continue to be used. Ooh, I've never thought of that. Exactly. And I don't think of that. That's just... Oh, thanks. Paranoid. Awesome. Well, but now, if you're going to be paranoid about it, that's on you. But the question still remains. 
Do you trust the food that you're served at a restaurant? And if so, why so? And if not, why not? Because to me, there are circumstances where I'm like, "Eh, let's eat somewhere else. And so I just, (laughs) right now my sweet wife is not able to listen to the show, so she's not laughing. She's busy working. But she would be laughing if she heard this segment right now because right now there's a bunch of you that are having real second thoughts about eating restaurant food because of... Anyway, we're going to talk more about this next. It's the Morning Show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA or on News Radio WFLA PanamaCity.com. So what are the guidelines? We got an email, not an email, a phone call from a listener. Check the email box. We've got a we got a phone call from someone who uses what a bathroom cleanliness rule of thumb for determining Cuz I mean, how do you do that if you're at a drive-through? You can't do that at a drive-through. He said that he um even in a fast food restaurant, he applies this rule of Checking their bathrooms, the cleanliness status of the bathrooms to determine, okay, is this food <laughs> contaminated? Uh, it might be a indicator, if you will. So he would do that at a sit-down restaurant, even a more fancy restaurant. Um, still checking the restrooms to see, okay, yeah, there's a good standard of cleanliness here. I, I'm more inclined to believe that the food is safe. And I thought that was a, generally a pretty good rule. It is, but I can also see where that could give you a false red flag. For example, staffing, is staffing an issue at restaurants today? Uh, Is water wet? Thank you. And if a restaurant's busy, usually that's a great sign. My dad used to say, when you want to find a good place to eat, look for a busy parking lot full of trucks. Truckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because truckers travel the country and they zero in on good diners, you know, places that might not look like much, but serve great food. And so if you're busy and you're short-staffed, you might not have someone that can just clean the bathroom every hour. You, You just might not. Now, I think a smart restaurant, I like that guy's guidance. Mm hmm I pay attention to dust on, you know, the air conditioning vents, on the drop ceiling. How how dirty is it? Yeah. Dust on window sills, dirt, bugs on window sills. Do you see bugs? Is it clean? Cleanliness in a restaurant to me is everything. Everything. For obvious reasons, because cleanliness is everything with your food. And so that that matters, but I will not say no to a buffet line because some jerk licked the spoon in the mashed potatoes. I I, just, I, I, I refuse to. to Boy, be, you're a lot stronger, man. I'll tell you what. Well, no, no, seriously. What? Really? 
you're gonna you're gonna so you you if you see that you call it out you get it changed out and you just rock on what why would you allow that to stop you i don't get it i i don't i don't get it uh i would stop I don't me know from what, eating the mashed potatoes well, yeah. from that guy and that spoon okay i'll 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 this might be well i don't know if it's offensive i don't know I, I don't know. Do when we I, care? Yeah. What do What do we care? Uh, so this is this is me purely noticing things and observing things. Yeah. Is that uh, buffet style restaurants? Yeah. Um, tend to attract um, less than cleanly standards. It feels like, and so it depends. Some I completely agree with you. So it would. But it there would are cause others me that trepidation. Are not. It would cause me trepidation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm. I definitely understand why that would. Oh, for sure. See, I think Chow Time's incredible here in town. I've never been. Incredible. I, I'm serious. You walk in there, you might hear angels sing. <laughs> Is that part of it? It's incredible. Part of the aesthetic. Yeah. And I got nothing. I, I, I'm not a paid endorser. I'm nothing. I am just. And I've. I don't eat there very often. For obvious reasons, because my sweet wife doesn't like buffets at all. But every now and then, I'll get over there with a couple of the boys in the family, and we'll go to chow time. And it's awesome. It is. It's just, yeah. So, anyway. I don't know. Um, all I can All I can advise you of is that use your wisdom with regard to what you see but if you're a restaurant owner if and and those of you that are restaurateurs you know exactly what I'm talking about if you if you pay attention to the cleanliness of your place that in and of itself will win you customers even if they're like ah the food's okay but you know what it's a great atmosphere it's nice and clean and the staff is awesome so we like just getting a meal there you know what? That'll carry the day, even if your cook or your chef or yourself is a little, you know, could be better with the food and the and the recipes and all that. Just saying. You know, again, cottage industry here on the morning show. We do consulting at no charge. I wrote two words in this part of the rundown. Laughing stock. Let's see. Who might we be talking about? Hmm. I'm yeah. guessing Kamala. Nope. Her <laughs> boss. Ah. Joe. Or Barack. No. <laughs> Barack, there's nothing funny about Barack. I mean that. There's nothing funny about him. Joe, besides being an evil crime lord, which job of the hut? <laughs> well, I mean, the calls are growing for him to be impeached, and he should not just be impeached. He should be run out of office and arrested. He should be arrested. He's a criminal. Senator Chuck Grassley's released an FBI document that details. My whole theory. I I, I got to tell you. I just give me just give me this. Let me spike the football on this. 
I've been rolling that tape from 2018 for for a while now. Long long before Joe ran for office and and stole his way into the presidency. I was playing that tape. And I was telling you he's admitting to a crime. So I'm just Rush would be proud of me. I that's all I'm going to say. Rush would be proud. But listen to this. Martha McCallum has John Kirby on. John Kirby, Pentagon spokesman who has got a punch face. And he's he's just one of those guys. Look, he's doing his job. But he works for the Pentagon. He's not supposed to be carrying the water of, of the president. He's supposed to be carrying the water of the, the Defense Department. That said... Joe Biden has a meeting with Israeli President Isaac, uh, Isaac Herzog in the Oval Office. And I don't know if you've heard what happened, but it's a thing. He had his note cards. Remember that? The note cards we, we joked about? I had no idea it went this bad. Martha McCallum has John Kirby on the show. ...about Israel, because the president met with the president of Israel yesterday in the Oval Office. This, this moment got of a bit of attention, um, and it's not the only one that is kind of like this that we sometimes see, and I just want to play it for you. Sure. And we brought Israelis and Palestinians together at a political level, and the, uh, and, uh, at the, uh, and the Shram. Yes. And uh, as I... Uh, Affirmed to Prime Minister Netanyahu yesterday, America's commitment to Israel is firm. Huh? John, this got a lot of attention. It got picked up in a lot of places. Why is it so hard to understand what what the president is trying to say there? I think he was very, very clear, Mark. Do not gaslight me into believing. Oh, he was very, very clear, clear. Martha. Oh my God! He's staring at his notes, and. And again, you can point to Jill Biden and say this is elder abuse. You can point to Barack Obama and say this is elder abuse. You could also say this is this is the evil crime lord Joe. And I mean, you know what this is? This is the scene from The Godfather where Vito Corleone has been shot and he's in his hospital bed clinging to life. joe biden staring at cards i think he's almost nodding off his head's down he's staring at his cards and you know (laughs) we're committed to israel rocks it's and a little frightening how good that is. The president of the Israel is is awkward. He's kind of leaning in. He's trying to help him out. Trying to hear yes. him. And John Kirby. Oh, he was very, very clear, Martha. Laughing stock. Yeah. But I'm not done. Oh, boy. The Biden segment's not over yet. I have 30 more seconds. <laughs> He is now going to use the lower stairs into Air Force One permanently. The lower? Back of the uh, plane. Oh. Shorters. Bigger stairs. He's not doing the side of the plane anymore because he keeps tripping and falling. Like the big tall ones that you yep. see he's, all the time? He, he continues to trip and fall. 
So um, he's using the lower stairs, which is usually the stairs used in bad weather. But he's going to, uh, it says here that he's going to avoid embarrassing tripping incidents moving forward by using the low. And again, now what does that say? He's not fit, but he has the mother of all insurance policies, Kamala. <laughs> The Morning Show, Preston Scott. Getting closer. Morning Show with Preston Scott. I'm Preston. That's Grant. Getting closer to what's the beef. We'll take your calls in about eh, 15, 20 minutes, give or take. Let you unload. Next hour, whatever you want to get said, get it off your chest. We'll prime the pump in a little bit. Big stories in the press box. You know, we maybe it's the, the way that we gather news now and we just seem to know about everything, most everything. There just seem to be a lot of cases of children in distress. I don't know the details, but a, but a stray dog was seen carrying a bag, a sack, and in it was a newborn baby. Sweet Lord. Alive. Oh, my. Child safe. Oh, my stars. I, I, I see these stories of parents... One step parent, maybe. Sometimes the biological parents just abusing their children, killing their children. Here's a story of a of an eighteen year old that went to a website called rentahitman.com and requested a hitman kill her three year old child by the end of the week the guy who runs the website said he receives hundreds of requests every month website used to be used for cybersecurity company but over the years it transitioned into a site where random requests were for services were received in april an air national guardsman was arrested for allegedly using the website to apply to be a hitman Many of the requests are for fake services, but he he noticed red flags with the request of this young lady and and passed it on to police. And they they arrested the the young girl. And you start to think about okay, this is obviously this is a very young girl. She's a kid, and she made the mistake, the decision to engage in sex as a child. And got pregnant. That's why the Bible has kind of, you know, pretty strong guidelines on stuff like that. Honestly, this kid might have caught a break. I just imagine 
okay, let's just say this this is how this woman felt about her child. A burden, an inconvenience, no longer wanted. Thankfully, she got caught. But but let's just say she doesn't go to that extreme and isn't caught, but just then spends the next however many years abusing, ignoring, neglecting that child. Couldn't you say that child might have caught a break here? Preston Scott. On News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Forty-one minutes after. That child's going to get adopted. And hopefully by the right people. The right couple. And have a chance at a wonderful life. Which I doubt was coming his way with his parent, biological mom. Given what she tried to do. that, that That's my whole point. This story has a couple of, of layers to it. Earlier this week, we had the state CFO, Jimmy Petronas, on the program. I, I guess, call me on this because I had no idea what Jimmy had said the week before on Fox about farmers. Were you aware? Farmers has become the Bud Light of insurance industry. (laughs) They've been prescribing to the United Nations proclamations and edicts that they've been pushing out. And, And, I mean, he just jammed on them. Said that, um... My office is going to explore every avenue possible for holding them accountable. Indicating that uh, woke political ideology played the role of moving them out. When they're bad at helping people, they're good at virtue signaling. I sincerely believe that with today's actions, farmers insurance is well on its way to becoming the Bud Light of insurance. Now... Interesting to note, this this article comes from MoneyWise. And the guy that wrote it, Vishesh Rezinghani, made this statement in the middle of his article. He's, he's talking about the fact that Farmers isn't the only company that's pulled out of Florida. AAA is not writing many policies in florida either right but he wrote this florida has always been prone to hurricanes but the severity of weather related issues has ramped up in recent years that's just not true it's true if you qualify it and say compared to the previous however many years we went with zero hurricanes making landfall you could say yeah it's ramped up but I, I went and looked this up. I looked at the, the, the numbers. I looked at the actual statistics from 1900 to present. Incidents of hurricanes hitting Florida 
are down. They are not up. And in fact, I wrote MoneyWise, the editors, and, and I said, you might be interested, and I sent a link to the data. I said, that statement is factually wrong. It's incorrect. And so while, you know, on one hand, Florida does have an insurance problem, and lawmakers were late to address it and still haven't fully addressed it and need to do more. The fact of the matter is, there's no place in Florida that is immune from getting hit and affected by a hurricane. We live on a peninsula that's next to a rather contained body of water that is prone to getting warm, the Gulf of Mexico. It happens. Storms happen. But the facts matter. And the loose playing of facts with this story annoyed me. We are not being hit by more storms. And it has climate change, zip zero nada. We posted a, uh, I retweeted, I think I retweeted. I don't know if, did I retweet it? On our uh, Twitter page, a, a fascinating tweet from someone that did some research that said, yeah, that's it's all nonsense. And just repositioned the whole anti-global, global warming hooey in a, in a totally different way that I thought was really good. Anyway, just like I said, story, two layers, Jimmy calling out farmers, although farmers is not alone. Farmers, by the way, has pulled back in California as well. So there may be a little more business reasons to it. But on the global climate change, I don't know if you've seen the uh, the, the British Open, the, the Open Championships. Irish Sea, you see how far pulled back it is? Thought we had rising sea levels worldwide. It was a catastrophe. Ah, we're all going to drown. Just saying. The Morning Show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Fifty-two minutes past. Are you going to watch any of the Women's World Cup? Uh, it's the first I'm hearing about it. Seriously, I didn't even know what was going on. Fair enough. Yeah, I knew. And would it surprise you to learn I have zero interest no. in watching? Oh, gosh, no. No. Even though the United States is probably the favorite to win it? I don't know that they are. Really? I don't know that they are because I don't think they are the top-ranked team in the world anymore. Interesting. I don't think. Um, let me just see something here. Uh, uh, they're the f- Okay, so they're the favorites.
but I'm I'm just yeah. Um, I'm just not interested. I'm not interested in, for the most part, not all, but a bunch of spoiled brats. Bunch of activists. I just don't care. Now, they've been beaten. Their, their, their level of play has not been dominant in the last couple of years, and I personally attribute it to their activism. I was just blown away when Alex Morgan went all in on this woke stuff. Support of transgender athletes competing and taking their spots. Whatever. Okay. What? I just, I have no interest in watching. So whatever. You, you just, you're, the only time you're going to hear me talk about it is if they get beat. I know that's pretty sad, isn't it? That's funny. I, it's it's sad. I admit it. It's sad, and and you can you can think less of me for it. I'm okay with that. Get ready for what's to be Friday. That you can complain about that. My my thing my thinking on that, or that you you just are disgusted with the state of of the women's national team. Now, how interesting is it that now we're kind of paying attention to the men's national team? Yeah, because they're all of a sudden on the rise. They are, and notice what's happening. They're not into politics. Although their coach, Greg Berhalter, was wearing the state's thing, and that was annoying me to no end. And they made the decision to rehire that guy. But it's what's to be Friday coming up. What do you think about New York City paying... $13 $13 million out. Taxpayers taxpayers are going to lose $13 million. They're going to pay the, the thousand, give or take, protesters that were arrested as a result of the 2020 Black Lives Matter protest, the George Floyd aftermath, which, by the way, nationally led to 18 deaths, and so and so let's let's not just hold them accountable for riots, vandalism, destruction of property. Let's pay them each about eight or nine thousand dollars. I'm just I can't get my brain around why people live in cities like this, run by people like that. Anyway, what's to be Friday is next. Complain about whatever your little heart desires. Two lines are open. Two lines are taken. You want to be on the air. You want your chance. Little audio therapy. Uncle Preston's here. Grant's taking your calls. Cousin Grant screening your calls. 850-205-WFLA. 850-205-9352. Let's do this, citizens. Come on, ruminators. Bring it. What's the beef Friday next on The Morning Show with Preston Scott? have one phone line available good morning everybody welcome to friday on the morning show with preston scott i'm preston that is grant and it's what's the beef friday if you're brand new to the radio program this is a weekly tradition we've done it for just about 21 years now as we are in our 22nd year of doing this radio program where we take your calls and you can complain about whatever you like if it 
matters to you, it matters to us. We're here for you. It can be big, it can be little, doesn't matter. Just follow two rules, no profanity, and don't make it personal. If you have a bad experience, tell us what happened. Leave the name of out of it, though. Leave that to the broadcast professionals, whether to call out a name. So we go back to the phone lines right now. Once again, calling in, Ron, good morning, sir. Welcome, and what's the beef? Hello, Preston. I, I try to listen to CNN just to hear them mumble, you know, a couple hours a week. To, <laughs> you know, and it's crazy. You know, half of their shows about Trump. The other half is commercials. Just about. But anyway, I heard on there about our press secretary, KGP, that was talking about the polls about Biden. Was Well, her answer was, that's not how it is. I thought, well, how is it? If what, what kind of answer is that anyway? I'm telling you, that bimbo's a couple fries short of a happy meal. She's got to go. Something I, I just don't understand. If if you can't give an answer with it, you know how is it? That's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Preston, thank you for all you guys do. You guys have a great weekend. Thank you, Ron. Appreciate the phone call. Just as the phone was going out, Did you notice that he had gotten the 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 meat of his beef in oh, did you see what i did there hey the dad jokes in about 45 minutes just sorry my friend sorry <laughs> anthony is next good morning sir welcome what's the beef good morning Preston. good morning my my beef is with myself oh what did I, you uh, do i just did another road trip with my niece we did you know all out west we did grand canyon zion bryce petrified forest but i forgot my unique america book Oh, so I didn't, I didn't have any. Goodness. I considered emailing you and asking you to send some pictures. Yeah, but I didn't want to bother you. Never bother. I, figured, I was like, I was like, we did, we did so much that I'm pretty sure one or two of the things we did had to be in the book somewhere. I just have to look at the book now. Yeah. Do, do you have a copy of the book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I so so I, when you said it, when you said what it was like a year ago, I was like, oh, I'm going to buy that book. And it's a great book, isn't it? it is it's 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 actually good reading to just sit and read and and flip through some pages so you had a good trip though absolutely we did everything north rim south rim west rim zion park bryce the petrified forest walnut canyon uh, sunset bucket we did it all did you hike down to the river no, no. <laughs> we, we, did, we did take a, a mule ride that we went almost Almost down all the way. It was like 3,000 feet into the Ooh, canyon. That was brave. Okay. you yep. Man, yep. I'm proud of you, Anthony. Well done. Even though you're calling a beef on yourself, I will, I, will, I will say cancel that beef. You deserve better. You did well. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. All right. There you go. What's the beef Friday? Morning show with Preston Scott. One more here real quick. Roy, good morning. Welcome. What's the beef? Hey, Preston, I hope this finds you and your family very healthy and happy today. Thank you, it my does. Beef is, uh, my beef is with this transgender, apostrophe-esque, uh, question mark, plus sign, and the newscasters with this. They will take somebody made up like a little girl, a woman, and call her she. No, that's a dude. Yep. It's like they took the Tennessee murderer, and they keep calling that, that's a him. No, that's a woman. They need to get their stuff straight. It drives me insane when I hear this. Excuse me. I almost yep. said something I wasn't supposed to. Yep. 
but I'm 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 over. I'm done. Well, you know what's I'm interesting done. is if they can't get something as fundamentally right as a fact of biology, then it makes you then question everything that follows. True statement. True statement, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you, Roy. Appreciate the phone call. Hope you feel better getting that unloaded. Pedro, Craig, Ray, what's the beef Friday? Ladies, you're welcome to call. You know, it's interesting. Some days it's dominated by ladies, but of late it's been dominated by the guys. And by the way, it's it's men and women. That's what we do around here. Uh, Ten minutes after the hour in the morning show. This is the morning show with Preston Scott. Eleven minutes past eight o'clock in the Eastern Time Zone, seven in the Central. It's what's to be Friday in the morning show with Preston Scott. Pedro, thanks for calling eight five zero two zero five WFLA. What's the beef? Hi, Preston. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my beef is regarding the new uh, uh, the new movie with the. Uh, Sound of Freedom and how it's been criticized by uh, the leftist media. I mean, Rolling Stones, the, the usual suspects, right? Uh, Washington Times, uh, even NPR News, uh, which we pay for uh, <laughs> taxpayers. And and I mean, so are, were they coming for the children after all? I mean, is it true? Are, are we conspiracy theorists, or is it really? Is that what's really happening now? Well, let me ask you this. There are fair criticisms being leveled because the story is an embellishment. And while there's no doubting, everybody knows child trafficking, sex trafficking of children, those kinds of things are absolutely happening. I think the problem comes in that the guy that is the the inspiration of the story, it, it's been pretty well proven by conservative writers out there that that he's embellished some things. Uh, and I think that opens the door to it. Don't you think we need to be better than that? Of course, of course. Uh, I mean, obviously, if the person has a different agenda, it should be brought up. But regardless of the, the movie itself and what it is about, yep. I think it should be, um, you know, it's something to be considered. Absolutely. And, that's, and I think that's the problem. You nailed it, Pedro. That's the problem, is the story is in total exactly what's happening. It's that this guy's out there just jumping at, this is what happened, this is what happened. And factually, I mean, even Red-Pilled America took this thing on and said, uh, there's some problems here. So anyway, I just feel like we got to raise our game. Uh, Let's go to Craig. Hi, Craig. Welcome. What's the beef? Hey, Preston. Um, So this may sound like some some high praise. but it is actually uh, a beef, so hop on the uh, sarcasm train with me for a minute. and uh, Please I'll go ahead. So I, I want to praise the, um, the city for investing in my um, continued education um, in, in reading. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I recently noticed um, that there are, uh, I would guess I would say, an inordinate amount of street signs everywhere. And uh, I know that's a lot of money we're spending on these things. Um, so from the entrance of Killarn on Killarney Way to the roundabout at Shamrock, there are 94 street signs on one, on each side. I mean, 
sorry, 94 total for both sides of the road. So if anybody wants to catch up on any reading while they're driving, that's where you do it. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks very much, Craig. Appreciate that. Maybe uh, do the words overkill come up uh, in, in the discussion of this. Hey, Ray, good morning. Welcome. What's the beef? Hey, good morning. So uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I was reading something from a, 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 it was a Star Wars podcast, and the actor, who I guess is an, an African-American uh, lady, told on the podcast that Star Wars is finally a safe space for black nerds. And and was praising the the uh, that that Star Wars has finally become inclusive. Now, <clears throat> I was eight years old whenever Star Wars was originally released. Let's say I was their target demographic, and I spent thousands of dollars over my life watching Star Wars and Star Wars merchandise. And race has never factored in to to Star Wars. I mean, the the most iconic voice in theater was was portrayed by. You know, a black man. Um, the greatest little Jedi ever was 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 a, a green midget, and and Han Solo's best friend was Michelle Obama, and it just quit making problems where there are not problems. Star Wars has never had a race problem. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the phone call, Ray. Delivered as deftly as always. Greg, then more callers. We've got two lines open. Actually, we got one caller uh, being screened now. We have two lines open. 850-205-WFLA. One segment left. What in the world happened? The lines are full, and then they're gone. We got Greg standing by. We'll go to Greg here in just a second, but... Oh, am goodness. 850-205-WFLA, 850-205-9352. This is your shot, because we got three lines open. That just does not happen in the third segment of this this feature, what's the beef? An exclusive presentation of the morning show with Preston Scott. So call now, 850-205-9352. If you're online, great time to call, 850-205-WFLA. Greg, thanks for being patient. Good morning. Welcome. What's the beef? Honorable mention to parents' basement computer geeks and email trainees who must observe a moment of silence in memory of Kevin Mitnick, who died yesterday of pancreatic cancer. But that ties in with the Honorable John Kirby, who proposes putting into the defense authorization bill travel voucher money for pregnant service women to travel to states that do not have a state legislature that passed a 6 to 15 week timeline for abortion that the uh, several that at least 18 other states have done mm-hmm. so here here is my connection for the honorable John Kirby he leaves behind a wife sex within the bonds of marriage is sacred a fertilized zygote 
is sacred because she was also carrying their first child. Abortion is a right determined by legislative fiat, and the Supreme Court overturned it last year, segregated schools back in 1954. Feel better? I hope you do. Well, it's not about me. It's about you. Thank you very much, Greg. I appreciate the phone call. Let's go to Nick. Hi, Nick. Welcome. What's the beef? Good morning, Preston. Pretty good life, but this is my only complaint. Well, why has it got to rain and have bad waves on the weekends only? I look around on a weekday. I want to take the boat out. <laughs> but I'm working. <laughs> That's all I got. Have a great weekend. Thanks so much. It's kind of how it works, right? It's It's sort of like you've got a golf game that you want to go play and and the weekend weather is just trash all week long you got to work and you can't tee it up it's i can imagine i remember when i used to do a lot of boating how often that would happen ah the water's turned into a chop we can't go out there it's ridiculous you don't want to be feeling like you're in a bucking bronco here let's go to john john good morning welcome what's the beef Hey, good morning, Preston. Uh, thank you for what y'all do. Thank you for this platform. But uh, my concern is with the uh, the snap release of military commanders across the military, uh, Army, Marine Corps, Air Force, and they're not for disciplinary not malfeasance or misfeasance. It's, they're just vague uh, excuses of lack of confidence in their leadership. Uh, and you couple that with, you know, the Marine Corps – got rid of all their tanks the marines don't have any armor they've got a third of the artillery they used to have they've gotten rid of all their sniper battalions uh i'm just concerned with it looks to me like there's a a a consolidation of power of i think they're installing yes men and women in command structure and, and getting rid of anybody that'll stand up to a strong federal government that's what it looks like to me anyway. It's just really suspicious. John, there, there is so much that's, that's sketchy going on with regard to our military, with regard to agencies that are arming themselves, the purchasing of ammunition that's been going on for years. Yeah, no doubt. One last caller. Jimmy, thanks for calling in. What's the beef? Uh, my beef is with you, Preston. You keep saying at the big stories, you have a stack of big stories. Yeah. Why don't you just take an hour and run through them all so that we all know what's on your mind? I feel like I'm missing something. Hmm. Hmm. Oof. Now we're coming to work on Monday and catch us all up on all the big stories. Take a whole hour on the big stories? They're what interesting, if the, most of them. What if they're all bad? Preston, you have more faith in yourself than to put out something bad. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about just the content that we have to talk about. See, I'm trying not to cause anybody to jump off a bridge, drive off the road. Well, do a happy, do a not so happy, and go from there. Yeah, but what if it's not a, hap- a big story? See, see, it's not so easy. You have a big stack of big stories. Well, but I do. I always do. I've just got to. I got to make tough calls. 
Jimmy, thanks very much. I, I appreciate that. I, I receive that. I will take it under advisement. We'll bring it to the executive staff. And we'll let them... Look, I'm very transparent. If I, if I am letting you down as an audience, I want to know. Preston at iHeartRadio.com. Seriously, if I'm letting you down, let me know. I'm going to take Jimmy's suggestion. I'm not dismissive of that at all. More big stories, huh? Hmm. Okay, we'll talk about it. Time for news. The Morning Show, Preston Scott. You know, sorry, chewing up a granola bar. I don't think I've said I have stacks of big stories. I think I've said I've had stacks of stories. I think that's what he meant. There's a difference. And you know this because you're inside the inner workings of the program. The big stories in the press box are in a category all by themselves. And then there's the stories. And so, and, and I've openly confessed my dilemma in balancing content that's a little lighter, a little diverse, not so political, not so eh, with some interesting, offbeat, unique kinds of stories just for sanity purposes. Just, there are people out there that, that read as much as I do. They just don't want to hear all that stuff for three hours. And so, yeah, I, I think we need to we, – we, I still want to consider the idea that I need more, more time for the big stories in the press box. I, I, I'm open to that. But the truth be told, you would be shocked at how often what's in this rundown that I'm staring at is t- completely ignored <laughs> because the big stories just grow and get bigger. Um, thought this was interesting. Four guys took their canoe from Lake Itasca, and that is north, slightly west of Minneapolis-St. Paul. And they rode it, as in R-O-W-E-D, down the Mississippi River to the Gulf of Mexico. Dang. And they set a Guinness Book of World Records. They actually did it in 16 days, 20 hours, and 16 minutes. Previous record was 17 days, 19 hours. And so by they bested it by almost a full 24 hours. That's pretty cool. I, I'm guessing they, they stopped each day and spent the night either camping or in a hotel or something somewhere. But I can't say that, well, I mean, if it's, if it's one of those boats, I wonder what kind of pace they set. Because you see these, these guys that do those long races in the Olympics 
that are kilometers long, and I don't know, you know, how long in miles it is. I'm not real good at those conversions. A little better in meters than I am in kilometers. But I wonder what pace they set. I mean, how often was it stroke, stroke, or was it stroke, stroke? I mean, I don't know. Don't know. That's a that's a that's a cool accomplishment. Good news next. The morning show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA or on News Radio WFLA PanamaCity.com. Still have some headlines from the Battle and B and a dad joke still to come. But first, some good news. Allison Moore decided last year that she wanted to do something special for her father's 100th birthday. A retired dean of science and applied arts at San Jose State University. He lives in an assisted living center in Palo Alto. Most of his friends are gone. My mom is gone. Big party didn't make sense since he's been in assisted living the last number of years. The highlight is always when we would bring our dog to visit. When we lost our dog in 2020, I would borrow my friend's dogs. He just adores dogs. So she decided a dog parade. That she would organize a dog parade for her sweet father. Some people looked at me like I was weird, said Allison, but what else can you do for someone his age when mobility is tough? It could be relatively short, not like a four-hour party or something. That's how I came up with it. So, the next step was finding people that would be willing to bring their dogs by her house to say happy birthday to her dad. There are lots of people in the community that love dogs and you go down the little main drag of willow glen lincoln avenue you always see people with their dogs so she contacted people on her street where she lived the church where she went invited friends with dogs i knew i could count on my friends because i talked to them already so i thought maybe there'd be 20 or 30 people would show up but then on the app next door People started commenting, hey, Banjo and I will be there. And I'm like, what? Who's Banjo? And somebody else commented, Taco's excited. He'll be wearing a costume. I'm like, what? She said, I could cry when I start thinking about it. I bet I only knew 40 of the dogs that showed up. So what happened? On her dad's 100th birthday on June 17th, which, by the way, was my my dad's birthday, it's June 17th, more than 200 dogs showed up and formed a parade and, and celebrated 
his 100th birthday. To think that about 160 dogs I'd never met before and then their owners, sometimes it was a couple, sometimes a family of five, it's just wild to me. It's so heartwarming that these strangers would take part of their day to come by my house to bring their dog to greet my dad. Dogs of all shapes and sizes, all ages, all breeds, decked out in costumes, some wearing sunglasses and party hats. Some rolled up in classic cars, wagons, back of pickup trucks. Others brought treats for both humans and dogs to share. But what a tail wagon celebration that was, huh? If you give people the room and the space to push away from all of the noise and be good and do good, a lot of them will. And after everything else that we've all been through and where we are today, that, my friends, is good news. Don't need to reset everything we've talked about. You can go back and listen to the podcast. And uh, we just piled through. I mean, my goodness gracious. A stack of stories. Uh, play a little sound for you of the President of the United States doing what he can only do. <laughs> Joe being Joe. Uh, we will be gone Monday. Back Tuesday with Fred Lucas of the Daily Signal. He's actually facing a July 31st deadline that will end his ability to cover the White House after more than a decade. Because, well... The White House doesn't like the Daily Signal, and they are going to do everything they can to keep certain correspondents out. We'll talk to Fred Lucas himself on Tuesday on the program. We also have a Manly Minute set up. we got some money talk, and we'll debate the future of a classic car. I'll pose the question now. Can you still have a Trans Am? Hope you have a great weekend. Pay attention to the heat advisory for later in the, in the day. Be safe, and we'll see you on Tuesday.